NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and they're now offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20 to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Okay, hello and welcome to NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee, and I am joined as always by Zach Swissbank Broner. How's it going, man? We are one day away from the NBA draft and things are getting real fucking exciting right now. Yeah, things are getting absolutely crazy right now. Um, you know, the last couple days on, on the Twitter timeline has been unreal. Um, although I will, I will say I was just I was just scrolling for some NBA news. I saw they introduced fleets. Uh, it's a new like Twitter story thing, which was which threw me off. But well, I didn't even I haven't even heard <laughs> yet. Okay. Yeah. So get ready to look at some fleets potentially. Forget some NBA trade rumors. But um, yeah, just a crazy couple of days and a lot of moves and and the draft tomorrow. So it's gonna be awesome. There is so many different storylines to talk about in the NBA right now, but. As you know, Zach and I are focused on NBA gambling. So we're going to do our best to keep our conversation to gambling-specific topics. Uh, The draft is very exciting for gamblers, and the player movement right now in free agency, also very exciting for different futures. So we're going to break down everything. This could go long. There's a lot to talk about. But we're going to first start with the NBA draft Then we'll get into all the free agency movement and things might continue to change. We're recording this right now, noon Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. This could continue to change by the end of today. So we're going to get this out as soon as we can. Make sure to join our NBA Slack at uh, sg.pn slash Slack. We're always in there talking about updated odds, things that Zach and I are missing. There are plenty of guys in there that don't miss anything. Our guy like Munaf, he's always on top of all of the news. So if you ever feel like you're missing out on NBA Twitter news, just join our Slack. You will not miss a thing. So, uh, Zach, anything you want to start off with right off the top? No, I mean, it's just – it's. I know you and I are both – you and I are both team, you know, the primary reason to be a fan is to watch the games and like appreciate the games. But I know there is this recent trend NBA fandom, like everyone's all about the drama and the player movement. Yep. I have to say it's absolutely undeniable how fun this stuff is. Um, and I, I know we, me and you will still be here betting every game. That's our primary, you know, focus here, but this stuff is just so fun. And like, Every time a new Woj bomb comes out or anything, it's just an absolute delight to uh, to follow this. And that, that got a little meta, but you know what I mean. It's just it's just absolutely crazy what's going on. Man, it is 
so crazy the amount of drama with superstars moving around these days. Uh, first off, I want to plug that I'm going to try to be doing a NBA draft live stream of sorts. There's this new app out there called Locker Room. It uh, has investors from Kevin Durant and uh, there's a couple other NBA superstars that I'm blanking right now that have money in it. And it's kind of a mashup of podcasting and sports radio call-in shows where anybody can be, you can be doing a live stream and you can kind of bring anybody into it that wants to talk or ask a question or something like that. So I'm going to try it out tomorrow with some of the guys who did our NBA mock draft. I don't know. Did you see that yet, Zach? Yeah, I saw you post about it. I haven't uh, looked into it that specifically, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, if you want to check it out, go to the Locker Room app. Uh, we're going to try to see if we can do it tomorrow. It might not work. Uh, either way, I will put out some kind of podcast reactions after the draft tomorrow night. Uh, I'll try to get something late. I know some of the other guys, some of our other contributors like Nick Dant would love to weigh in and stuff. Um, Zach, you know, you have school, so I don't know what you'll be able to do, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have some kind of post-draft analysis on top of all of this. So make sure to uh, follow me on the Ryan McKee. I'll tweet about it. Follow Zach on NBA Zach B. And uh, we'll make sure that you are on top of all of the content we are doing. So this morning I was listening to Chad Ford's podcast and they were going through his NBA draft tiers for this draft. And he said that this is the first year since 2013 that he doesn't have any tier one players. And that means potential superstars. And he talks to a lot of different, this is not just his perspective. He talks to all the NBA uh, front offices, all the NBA scouts, and none of them have a potential superstar in this draft. So that makes it really interesting for sports gamblers like us because that means there are no sure things in this draft. So if you have a gut feeling on a, a bet you like, no matter what the odds are, you should just go ahead and bet it. Zach and I are going to talk about some of our favorite draft props right now, but it is all over the board right now. Yeah, and th that's so true. We, we still don't know who the number one pick is going to be. We still don't know who you know, what the Warriors are going to do. There still might be trades coming up quickly. Um, so at the top of the draft. So look, uh, I mean, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this. I, I would say probably the most certain pick right now looks like it's Patrick Williams at seven to the Pistons. Um, that's really the only thing that seems to be locked in about this draft. Um, I had thought that LaMelo was locked into the first pick. So I'm maybe standing to lose some money on that. Now the reporting looks slightly different. Uh, I apologize if anyone, go ahead. I got when I was going to say, I don't even think that Patrick Williams at seven to the Pistons is a sure thing. I'm, I've saw rumors that the Pistons might still try to trade up and get LaMelo. Oh, 100%. I, I, I meant like that's the closest thing to a sure thing, and that's not even a sure thing whatsoever. Yeah. And that, that like, that's not, that's, that's maybe 50% chance of happening, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's going to be totally uncertain. Right. And we did an NBA mock draft with our contributors. We were, our mock draft, totally different than a lot of mock drafts out there. 
uh, and we're not NBA insiders, but a lot of NBA insiders don't know what the fuck they're talking about either. I posted it on Reddit. I got all kinds of comments. I, I posted it in the NBA draft uh, subreddit where the hardcore NBA draft nerds are. And man, I got into some heated debates about Anthony Edwards. I said that I don't think that he has the potential to be a superstar and man, did that piss some people off. Yeah. He's definitely a very polarizing. I mean, all these guys are polarizing. I'm not that high on Edwards. I, I, I personally, I, I agree with that take. And I actually do think LaMelo ball is a superstar of this draft. I'm still really, really. He has the ceiling to be a superstar. He also, yeah. has, he probably has a lower floor than Anthony Edwards does too, but he has a much higher ceiling than any of these players. Yeah. I think that, I, I think LaMelo's floor is maybe higher than you think. I mean, he's six seven, really long, can really pass. So obviously there's a chance that he just never puts it together from a competitive perspective and he is a you know is a bad teammate for his entire career, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I I I'm I will be surprised if Edwards goes one. I mean, I, I guess and it's just so the D'Angelo Russell is not good enough to anchor your team's draft strategy i mean we, we should we should get into some of these props but that to me that's just a mistake like d'angelo russell is not that good like yeah if lamella ball is, is the best player in his draft i'm i'm very very confident in that opinion so i'm surprised if they do go edwards i think that's a mistake yeah okay so i just want to because chad ford likened this draft to the 2013 nba draft i just want to remind some people before we get into our props, who some of the top picks were and where the best player in that draft went. So number one overall, Cleveland took Anthony Bennett. He's out of the league. Even at the time, everybody thought that that was a bad pick, you know? Yeah. So, but I couldn't find the odds on what Anthony Bennett was to go number one overall, but I'm sure they were astronomical. You were cashing a huge ticket, which is again, if you have a gut feeling, go ahead and bet it because all, none of the experts, quote unquote experts or insiders had Bennett going number one overall. Oladipo went number two, Otto Porter three, Zeller four, Alex Len five, Nerlens Noel number six. He was projected to go number one at one point, but had some injury problems and fell all the way to number six. You go down, and of course, the best player in this draft was drafted at number 15, Giannis. So if this draft is like the 2013, I have a very, I have a feeling that the top guys probably won't be the superstars. It'll probably be some random guy we're barely thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the odds are definitely in favor of that of that happening. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot of noise right now. Like, I think a lot of teams think that they can be the guy that, that they can ha that they have the staff that can take a crazy athletic project and like develop their jumper. That that's basically the bet that you're making. Like that that was the bet with Giannis. I mean, his jumper hasn't come along, but they've developed his skill level a lot offensively. So you look at guys in the in the back end of that of that of the lottery you know your Isaac Okoros your Devin Vassals um even your Killian Hayes like you're willing to take a chance and if the jumper does come along they'll probably be a star so that's kind of that's kind of where the odds are that one of those teams will succeed in developing someone's jumper absolutely 
Absolutely. And, and for a draft like this, I do think don't, as including our Mac draft, <laughs> don't bet any mock draft as if it's going to be dogma. You know, I, I would say that you should look at some of the experts like draft tiers rather than the mock drafts, because I, I just don't think any mock draft is going to be even close. Yeah. I think you look at tiers and then you try to parse out reporting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, that, that is how I try to bet these mocks is like, you're kind of parsing out the reporting, but a mock draft from some random dude is not reported. It's just him. It's just his ranking, you yeah. know? Absolutely. So I think, I think, yeah, that, that's correct. So I'm going to get into my first uh, draft prop that I like, and, and then we can go back and forth or however this goes. Uh, okay. We'll see how long we go on this, but I like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing freshmen drafted in the top 10 over four and a half is at plus 150. I feel like you're getting plus odds on five freshmen being drafted in the top 10. That feels pretty good to me. Let's look at the definites. You definitely got Anthony Edwards of Georgia, uh, Weissman, Memphis, and Okongu from USC. The, will you di- disagree that those are all definites, right? Top 10? Yeah, I think, I think those are definitely locks. And, I, and yeah, keep going. And then Isaac Okoro, I think that's very likely. I, at Auburn, yeah, and and and, and I think Okoro looks like he might be closing to a lock. Uh, apparently, the Knicks are, you know, somewhat angling for him at eight. I, I, have, I have a prop related to that, but Okoro, I think, will go in the top ten. Okay, so right there, you have four. All you need is one more. We already said that Patrick Williams. He is looking like if he falls to. Detroit, they're definitely going to take him. There's sources right now saying he's worked out for Chicago. Patrick Roy, this guy, people really like his level of talent. He is a raw player, another player that teams can talk themselves into, like, oh, we can develop this guy. I think it's a very good chance he goes into the top 10. Where are you at? Yeah, no, I, I, I and I'll throw it out now too. My, my first bet was Patrick Williams under seven and a half because. Because I, I just think, unless you believe that these are that the reports are patently false that he has a promise from the Pistons, like it seems like you know he does. He sa- hasn't worked out for he he said he hasn't worked out for anyone below them. I believe um, he said he worked out for Chicago. He worked out for Golden State too. Um, but you have consensus reporting from not just the ESPN draft intel guys, but you had John Hollinger saying this as well. Um, and various others that that Patrick Williams is promised by the Pistons at seven. So, um, look, I mean, I, I could have egg on my face if that's if that's a lie, or they could always make a trade. But like I said, I think the majority of times you simulate this draft, Williams goes seven or higher. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC Fight Island. It is clear that 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sportsbook with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free breaths await all, all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Make the right play and 
sign up at mybookie.ag. And when you do, use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200 and they'll match you another $100 in your account. It's winning season at MyBookie, so join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. What do you think about Cole Anthony draft position? I'm seeing 20 and a half at even odds under. Yeah, I, I saw you had this one in, in our Google Doc. I, I I don't really have a feel for it in terms of reporting. Um, I, I like obviously he's not a lottery guy. You're gonna hear less about what he what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not in love with Cole Anthony. I think he has the pedigree coming in from high school and the family name that he is the type of guy who might go higher on draft night or NBA teams might fall in love with him. Um, he obviously did kind of, he was pretty impressive, uh, you know, at every level, went to UNC, was pretty impressive, and then got hurt. So I don't know why his stock has fallen so much um, if, if everyone thought he was going to be a top three pick, like you said, uh, like like you have written here. So yeah. I, could, I, I, I like under it. This on Odd Shark. You know, coming into 2019, he was projected to be a, a top three pick. Uh, he got injured, a lot of problems, you know, just not any off the court problems, but just had problems with getting his team to a certain level. And I still think that of the 20 teams, you know, of the 20 spots picking, somebody has a good chance at even odds of talking themselves into Cole Anthony, who has really high potential yeah I, I i mean i feel like just looking at the odds like look i i think 20 and a half is probably a pretty good number but you're getting that even money on the under versus having to pay one minus 140 to the over so um i think like I, it's probably like you said not only is it probably more likely that this under that this goes under you're also getting a better price yeah just because i i hear people talking about him across you know, at all different levels. Whenever that happens, there's a good chance somebody's going to talk them into it. Okay, what do you what, what do you have next? All right, so I'll go. Um, already gave Patrick Williams under seven and a half. Um, I'll I'll start. I'll actually, I, I guess I'll start off with a, a major long shot here, but one that I really like is specific player to be selected fourth overall, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, and this is a twenty five to one. Um, nice. So that, that it really, really, really long shot price, but I really like this play. I mean, look, there's been a good amount of reporting out there that the bulls really like Halliburton, but they like him more in a trade down scenario. Um, so like, obviously you're in, and that, that, that would screw up the player to be selected fourth overall prop, but now with them didn't pick up Chris Dunn's option, um, yesterday. So, you know, they're, they're already turning away young guard depth you know, are they clearing out room for maybe a, a selection of the draft? Mm -hmm. You know, it's been reported that this new um, Arturis Karniskovic uh, coming over from Denver, the new GM in Chicago, he sees Kobe White as more of a combo guard. Um, but keep in mind, he also didn't draft Kobe White. So, you know, if you're a new, new GM, new coach, they're going to want to draft their point guard of the future. Um, I think if LaMelo Ball drops them, he could definitely be an, in, in play there. Um you know, Zach Levine has been rumored in trade talks with Dallas. Um, so with with the reporting that they do really like Tyrese Halliburton and um, he he seems to be a guy that's been rising, supposedly an unbelievable character kid, um, would fit nicely with Billy Donovan. Um, so 
you know, there's obviously more reasons why it won't happen than it will. But at 25 to one, I think it's definitely in play at four. So yeah, I, I like that play a lot. I like that play as a long shot for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. I'm going to go back to Anthony Edwards. He's very divisive. He's been all over the board. Um, I'm seeing, depending on what books you're looking at, and, you know, we always, we're all, we're all my bookie all the time, but my bookie pulled down their draft odds right before we started recording this. So they're redoing it. So we're looking at a couple of different books here, but I'm seeing Anthony Edwards under one and a half at plus uh, 130. And you can also but then you see him at other places at like minus 110 to go first overall. There's a, there's a world where the Timberwolves just keep this pick and think about, okay, you know, we, we traded for D'Angelo Russell to make Cat happy. What's the best fit we could put with D'Angelo Russell so Cat can continue being happy? That's Anthony Edwards. You put him in the backcourt, the potential is, I feel like that's, that's a pretty, that's a pick that they can argue to their front office and to their fans. Um, sure, LaMelo Ball has much higher potential, but I do think Edwards can start from day one and they can talk themselves into this. So I still think there's a good chance that Edwards could go first overall. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think right now the the consensus seems to be that he will go first overall after last week, it seemed to be the opposite. I think I, I agree with you. I mean, look, if you're putting together a theoretical team, it makes a lot more sense to have an all-star wing, all-star point guard, all-star center in, or, I mean, theoretically, when you get there, like Russell Edwards Towns is easier to envision than Ball Russell Towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that perspective, it makes sense, but you know, like, and, and I'm not disputing the bet. I mean, I'm already kind of locked into my position. I, I, I still, I guess, think Lamelo's going one. I think there's one thing to consider. I mean, you have this weird also variable in this draft where Minnesota and Golden State would be happy to trade down. So there's an extra smoke screen. They're really trying to, you know, obfuscate their strategy because they're also trying to, you know, play leverage and negotiation for any potential trade talks around the pick. So, I, I am, am very spooked by the reporting around what either of these teams might do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense to bring in Anthony Edwards because of, like you said, the fit in day one starter, and you can kind of keep the vision of your team as, you know, a Russell Towns pick and roll. But I personally would, would be looking for pure best player available and take LaMelo. But I, I don't go ahead. You're saying, and I, I feel the same way. But if they can't find a trade down, um, it's looking like it's going to be Edwards if they can't find a trade down. So yeah, can't find a trade down. It's looking like it's going to be Edwards, and I just feel like you want to put a little quote unquote safe money in this, you know, within your your betting portfolio for this draft. Put a little money on Edwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think it is worth considering the scenarios that are potentially at play. I mean. I'm surprised no one has talked about yet. Why wouldn't the Pelicans take all of these picks that they just got for Drew Holiday and the Anthony Davis picks and go, say, Minnesota and take LaMelo Ball? You have the Ball brothers and Zion. You're instantly the most relevant team in the NBA. I mean, it, that's one thought I've had. I mean, I, I'm, I don't get why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> How? 
No, I mean, I, I haven't seen anybody talking about that yet. Yeah, like... Got all these draft picks, so there hasn't been a lot of, you know, theorizing around it yet. It's still pretty new. But that's really fun. I mean, that... You get you get the Ball Brothers in the backcourt. With Zion. Zion. And... And then you have Brandon Ingram. I mean, that's fucking... That's, that's really fun. Yeah, that's that's the single... Also, like, just... I mean, I, I, I winning a championship is still the ultimate goal, but that's the single most marketable team in NBA history, I would say. <laughs> like am i wrong like they're so famous i mean i mean <laughs> i mean you make a you, you make a very good the the potential is there for them being the most famous m- most marketable i mean i i feel like there's a lot of anti-ball people out there after you know their dad turned a lot of people off but still you're right it, it's a very marketable team and for somebody like a, a team like new orleans who even our quote unquote biggest NBA Pelicans fan within our, with our group uh, and SGPN uh, Zach Sims, he is a big Pelicans fan, but he, when we were doing our draft, he even said he hasn't been paying attention because he's only been worried about the saints, new Orleans fans. They only worry about the saints. So if you want to be relevant, that's, that's a big play. You wouldn't be relevant in that city. Go ahead and take a big swing like that. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, and the, there was also reporting in the Jonathan Gavoni mock draft last week that the OKC Thunder had, you know, sniffed around the number one pick too to get LaMelo. So, you know, maybe they could, uh, they have an extra pick. They have Kelly Oubre. Um, they have Ricky Rubio. I don't know if that any of that would be interesting in Minnesota. But we, so Anthony Edwards under one and a half, that was your pick. Mm-hmm. My next pick. Um, and I'll, I'll give these out together. Um, first, first one I had was, uh, Kira Lewis under 15 and a half. He's a, uh, point guard slash combo coming out of Alabama. Super, su- supposed to be a super high character kid, winner, great defender, um, athletic, really attacks the rim. Great in transition. Um, that's kind of his profile, but been a lot of reporting that he's rising in the draft and with sort of the uncertainty around Killian Hayes and, uh, LaMelo Ball, there is some chatter that, you know, maybe Kira Lewis could be the best point guard in this draft. Um, and I feel like that narrative has started to gain a little bit of spin. I saw uh, in the Bleacher Report, uh, Jonathan Wasserman from, from Bleacher Report, he does tend to have a good amount of intel uh, during draft season. He said that, you know, some, a lot of scouts see Kira Lewis as a guy who could go higher than expected. He is reportedly in play for the Knicks at, at eight. Um, so definitely a name to keep an eye on. I think he's a guy who sneaks into the late lottery. And so under 15 and a half, I think is a good play. Um, People talking about how much they like his speed. Yeah. His speed, yeah, his speed. I, I kind of buried the lead. He's supposed to be like one of the quickest ball handlers, you know, ever. Yeah. Uh, just a ridiculous athlete. So, so like, that, just that, just that alone, I, I can see a team talking themselves into taking him in on the lottery. Yeah, and, and, and keep in mind, I think during this Zoom, like during this Zoom interview season and all that, like he's supposed to be just a super, super impressive, uh, bright kid. So um, definitely a guy that could go higher than expected. And then along those lines, I, I said player to be selected eighth overall, and I, and I I like this strategy a lot. I am throwing out three names at plus money. This is the Knicks pick eighth overall, Devin Vassell plus six hundred, Isaac Okoro plus three fifty and Kira Lewis plus 1300. Um, 
And I would, I would do the math on, I haven't done it yet, but you know, equivalent bet splits to sort of hedge your position. Um, like obviously a small, a small chunk on Lewis plus 1300. Um, but yeah, the Knicks seem to be circling Vassal and Okoro um, with Lewis as sort of the dark horse at number eight. They want a, and I took Devin Vassell for them in the uh, NBA SGPN NBA mock draft um, consensus reporting out of New York. And uh, you know, New York beat guys tend to have some good intels that they want a, you know, physical Tom Thibodeau esque uh, defensive presence uh, on the wing already have Mitchell Robinson sort of slotted in at center um, and RJ Barrett, you know, will take on the primary ball handling duty. I mean, that's, really the only way he has a chance to be successful. So they're looking for a complimentary, you know, three and D piece. Um, maybe Kira Lewis is a, is a dark horse at point guard. Um, but I think Vassal and Okoro are the top two likelihood guys. If Halliburton drops, I could see him factoring in here. Um, but I like the plus money on Vassal and Okoro. I like those picks for sure. Um, and, you know, you're the Knicks fan here. So I'll, I'll go ahead and go with what you think. Um, this is not so much a pick that I have, but it's kind of an overall thought. You see Nico Mannion popping up with some crazy odds to go high, to go in the lottery, to go in the first round. I feel like you need to fade the public on this guy. He's popular with fans for good reason. He's fun to watch, red hair, whatever. But he's not popular with NBA scouts or teams from anything that I can see. Do you disagree? No, I, I totally, I like, I think this kid was like a high, he was hyped up in high school. Um, definitely wasn't bad at Arizona, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not that high on him. And he seems to have like a YouTube highlights zeitgeist kind mm -hmm. of going on. That's propping up his draft stock more than any sense that the NBA likes him. Right. I definitely think he's a second rounder. So if you can get him, you know, get a, I haven't seen the odds on it, but if you get him as a second round uh, pick, I would definitely lean that direction rather than a first rounder. Um, any other bets you want to talk about NBA draft? Those are all I had written down. No, do, do you want to just run through these again so we can summarize for? Yep. Yeah. Let's do this. So um, we like draftman, uh, draftman, freshman drafted in the top, 10 over four and a half at plus 150. We like, uh, you had Patrick Williams under seven and a half. I'm not seeing the odds on that. What was what odds on that? I think it was like minus one four. I, I, I can go look. It, it was not, nothing uh, that would, not, nothing out of the ordinary. Yep. Uh, I like Cole Anthony draft position at even odds under 20 and a half. I also like Anthony Edwards going under one and a half at plus 130, if you can find that still. Uh, you want to read yours here? Yeah, and then I had a, and this would probably be my lock if I had one, Kira Lewis under 15 and a half, and that was at minus 140. Um, player to be selected fourth overall, where the Chicago Bulls currently sit, Tyrese Halliburton 25 to one. Uh, definitely think that's worth, you know, sandwich money. Mm -hmm. and player to be selected eighth overall with adequate staking to, you know, correct for the line differences. Isaac Okoro plus 350, Devin Vassell plus 600, and Kira Lewis plus 1,300 for the eighth 
overall pick where the Knicks currently sit. Absolutely. And before we totally move off of draft stuff and go into free agency talk, I just wanted to plug Jeff Fox's latest article on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's titled, Top 10 NBA Draft Picks Aren't As Valuable As You Think. We all get fans, teams, scouts alike, really can talk themselves into thinking that a draft pick is going to save your franchise when the numbers show that they don't necessarily make as much of a impact as you're going to think. So Jeff went back, looked at total win shares, win shares uh, per 48 minutes and saw at what pick number in the top 10 are you most likely to get an average player or an above average player turns out what would you guess zach is the the best odds of getting a, a an average or above average player by win shares i would probably guess the second or third pick the third pick yeah yeah you have 80 percent odds of getting a average player in the top 10 uh, and th- this is over the last 10 years, um, 70% at number one. Number two is 20%. Number two picks over the last 10 years, as far as win shares goes, have been shit. So sorry, Warriors. Um, but- I mean, I, yeah, I think in general, like, it may, it, like as long as there are, there are enough good players to go around, I my personality type, like I wouldn't want to be number one because you have to like stake your claim you have to stake your opinion on which – I mean, you know, you have the pick of the litter, but you have to stake your opinion. Like, if you're three, like, if you're Charlotte in this draft, you just, like, wait till whoever falls to you. You're like, all right, like, it's not, we're not going to look bad because we didn't stake our opinion on the guys above, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, go ahead and go to sg.pn, uh, com. Check out the NBA tab. You'll find Jeff's – article you also find our mock draft which i will be updating up to the minute of the draft with the latest odds and any insight that i find so uh definitely make sure to check out our website and our slack for draft stuff another quick break and we'll be right back Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing an NFL contest, all you have to do is choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props, rack up the most points, to share a part of the prize pool. So use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today and don't forget to use promo code SGP. We're totally moving topics here and I'm going to let Zach take over because I feel like I'm going to get a little emotional during this. So, so Zach, what, what team would you first like to talk about with these trades that have been going on? Yeah. I mean, like just, just first of all, I mean like the amount of player movement, like we said earlier, just absolutely awesome. I mean, 
do you want to go in order of how we have it on the dock? But that 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 would leave Chris Paul to the end. I know that might that might be a little tough for you. Yeah, that's all right. Let's uh... so let's start with uh, let's start with the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that that is a proper place to start because they've made the most concrete all in push of anybody uh, so far. And look, I gotta say, I I have a ton of respect for the Bucks for an office. I think I see them as somewhat of a soft team, like in general, just what I've seen from them in the playoffs uh, with Coach Budenholzer. But you you have to respect they put their nuts on the table and said. We are literally we are do we will do anything we can to win a title uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So shout out to them. You know, I, I, if you haven't seen, they got Drew Holiday for Bledsoe and George Hill, and then you know a bunch of draft compensation, three first round picks, two draft swaps. Although the swaps probably won't come into play, and then they also got Bogdan and Bogdanovich in the middle of the night for Dante Divincenzo. Um, so you say you say they have the best starting five in the league. Why? 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 Why is that? I feel like they right now there's no weak spot in their starting five. I love Bogdanovich as the three point marksman. Giannis, for him flaming out in the bubble, still arguably one of the best two players in the league. Chris Middleton is an all-NBA-level player. Brooke Lopez is a stretch, you know, one of the best stretch threes, one of the best defensive fives, uh, one of the best stretch fives, one of the best defensive fives in the league uh, this last season. And then Drew Holiday, who, I, I, you're right, he's going to make this team so much tougher. That's a good point is I feel like the Bucks have been a bit of a soft team. Holiday brings a toughness to them and a leadership from a veteran perspective. Who's a better, who has a more complete starting five than that? Yeah. I mean, I think look on paper right now, it's hard to dispute it. I mean, I think if the nets get the nets do get James Harden, they'll have a, they'll have a good say in that matter just on paper. Um, and we'll talk about that later. I mean, look, I, I, the, look, there's, it's undeniable. This Bucks team is going to be really good. Uh, you know, they're, they were really good last year. I, I just think, in terms of what their weakness really was, when it can, when it comes down to it, it was, you know, toughness in the playoffs and inability to adjust their style in the playoffs. And they they didn't really have that dog type player who could go get a bucket um, in isolation because Giannis still hasn't proven he could be that guy. You look at like Chris Middleton had to take on a feature role for them uh, in that Heat series. Obviously, Giannis got hurt, but you know, I just don't. I think if you, you see what the package was for Chris Paul and you see what the package was for Drew Holiday, and I just, I, I just don't really understand that decision by the Bucks. Now, it, it's obviously – it's Eric Bledsoe is not a good player. But, 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 they, but they gave up. I mean, their future is completely cooked. I mean, obviously they have a chance to win a championship, but they, I thought they would have had a better chance to win a championship with Chris Paul. Now, obviously – Chris Paul wanted to go to Phoenix, so maybe he wasn't available. But look, I, I, I like their 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 base case is still going to be like, okay, Giannis puts his head down, driving, kicking out to shooters in the playoffs. I I still don't think this team um, is is a is you know a bona fide playoff threat after what I've seen from them. I, I don't think they changed that much. I mean, like yeah, Drew. What will Drew Holiday do more than Eric Bledsoe other than make marginally more three-pointers? I, I think Eric Bledsoe is somewhat of a poor – Better defender than Eric Bledsoe. 
He is a he's Eric Bledsoe. I feel like is. I feel like he's more of a problem off the court because he thinks he's a superstar and he's not. And Drew Holiday doesn't act like that at all. I think he's more of a team player. I think he'll bring more of a veteran presence there where I do think that Bledsoe, I don't, I know that the, the, the narrative around the bucks all season was how close they were as a team, but I just don't see it with him. I, and maybe it's just my perspective as like, I hated him when he came. I loved him until he came to the Suns. I hated him on the Suns. He pushed his way out of the Suns. And I just, I don't know. I don't see him. I think they made a mistake in the first place of giving him a big contract instead of keeping Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I think I, I definitely am bearing the lead. Their, their, their starting five is, is really, really good. I mean, a big issue for them now is they have six players and they're up against the hard cap. They are not going to be able to add anybody above a minimum contract um, to the rest of this team. So, and and that includes filling out their entire bench depth and you know, Mike Budenholzer likes his bench. So um, we were saying in uh, some of our Bucks fans on our NBA Slack were saying like, they need to save Budenholzer from himself. He plays his bench too deep. He loves to play his bench players. He can't eat, take away his bench, make him play as starters. The, the Lakers, we talked about this after the Lakers won it all. It's this league is now all about mercenaries. Forget about your homegrown, you know, deep bench players. It's all about getting the best players for your starting five and then playing the shit out of them. Yeah, but it's not about, I, I agree with you, but you still need, you still need two or three guys off the bench and maybe four or five for the regular season. Like, Keep in mind, they're they're going to be fourth in line for ring chasing minimum guys. Like, if you're if you're a ring chaser on a minimum, you're looking at either LA team or Brooklyn before you're moving to Milwaukee uh, in the middle of COVID. So, you know, they they, they I disagree. I would there. I I'm, number one, yeah, I would go to the Lakers, but number two, I would go to the Bucks. I would not go to the potential soap opera that the nets are going to become i mean yeah those on paper you love those superstar names but that could implode very easily yeah i mean i i think i i i i guess i would factor more in the city that you're living in than the like marginal differences between the situations i think you're very right all it takes is two got to convincing three or four guys and then from then on you don't really care um Maybe they could get like a Jared Dudley. He he enjoyed his time with Giannis. Um, you know, uh, had to throw a little love my boy JD. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, obviously, just I, I respect the hell out of these trades because it shows that they are they're solely concerned winning a championship, and this is what all fans want every team to do, right? People hate the process. They hate rebuilding. They want every team to try to win at all times, and um, credit to them. I mean, they I think, to, I mean, here's the thing. They had to put their nuts on the table because if they didn't and they flamed out in the playoffs again, they lose Giannis and their future is fucked anyway. I mean, you say they fuck their future by not, by giving up so many draft picks. If they lose Giannis, they're fucked no matter what. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree with that. I think the, in terms of like fucking, I mean, they're going to be scrapping together a team and, and look, if Drew Holiday extends, and they have Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew. I mean, they'll, they'll be fine scrapping together a team around that, but they're going to be, you know, 
doing what the Warriors were doing. And I feel like you saw like at, at, at the end of a five year run, like that all, you know, you start to wear down and then you end up, you know, you had Andrew Bogut coming back over from Australia to like save your center rotation and at the trade deadline. And, and that's obviously five years away. That's obviously they're five years away from that. This is, so, yeah, this is a way. Yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're thinking about this next year and we saw our big, at least my big complaint with the Lakers all season was they didn't have bench depth. They didn't have the role players and I was completely wrong. And so I guess I'm looking at it through that lens right now. I don't care as much about the role players and the bench depth. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Although I think last year's title is a lot easier to win than this year's title is going to be. Um, if, if that makes sense. I think there are going to be a lot more, a lot more threats this year. Okay. I feel like that's, Maybe true. What do you think about their odds being at plus 500 now to win the championship? I mean, I, I, I there's no, I, I, I'm still not a believer in the Bucks. So I'll put it that way. I, 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 I these trade, I, I would have rather much rather see them get Chris Paul than uh, Drew Holiday. And, you know, Bogdanovich is nice, but I, I still think I like the, I like the Nets in the East definitely over them. Um, and I, I still, I, I still think a uh, 600 rather than the bucks at plus 500. I mean, I, obviously you want to wait to see what happens right now with Harden. I mean, I, I guess you're like betting on the rumor, but look to me, if Milwaukee gets into a playoff series with Boston, Toronto, or Miami, I still think all those teams are going to be salivating at the chance to compete against Giannis. And I, like the, I, he won't, he's just not a, competitor in the playoffs in the way that that you need to be to like take advantage of what this team should be that that's my opinion I understand you know uh, yeah a lot of people love Giannis I, I I still like if you're asking me tomorrow who win a playoff series between the, the Heat and this Bucks team or the the Celtics I would have a hard time picking Milwaukee yeah I, I, I'm on an island there I get it no I mean I understand what you're saying I just feel like Giannis has another level to go yep. Uh, he's still a young player, and a lot of the greats flamed out in the playoffs until they won it all, and then we forget about that, you know? Very true, very true. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, the Blazers, looks like they acquired Robert Covington. That is a nice piece for them, but not necessarily one to talk about. All yeah, well, what do you think about the, the, the this from the Pelicans' angle? I think clearly great 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 business for them and they extracted a lot of assets yeah and i think george hill i think george hill is more likely to be seen as positive value they could probably flip him to a contender for another asset um so what look the- i i think drew how drew and- holiday would ne- never fit with this timeline of of this team i mean i understand they wanted to be like oh yeah let's keep him in for the culture and chase the playoffs but you know i i like making the asset play now I 100% agree. I like this play for the Pelicans. I think it's I think it's a win on both. It's one of those trades where I think it's a win on both sides. Yeah, think that they can trade away George Hill to a contender probably. You know, midseason they'll get some. You know, nice nice draft pick back for him or something like that, um, or like a second round draft pick. Um, Eric Bledsoe. I don't know. I mean, I could see him being unhappy on this team. I I, I do feel like they would probably want to get rid of him but he has such a big contract i don't see another team taking it on i i mean 
I would much rather them have the ball in Lonzo's hands and, and see him develop as a star rather than Bledsoe. I guess they play him as, as the two guard. What do you think? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what Stan Van Gundy wants to do because he's kind of, I, I feel like there's, there's a decent chance that he's like, a, oh yeah, like we need to play defense and like, you know, I don't want these young players like learning how to play defense or whatever, but so I, I could see a scenario where they like start Bledsoe at the one. First of all, I think before you move on, an amazing Stan Van Gundy impression by you just now. <laughs> Thank you. I thought I was immediately talking to Stan Van Gundy on the line suddenly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I could see that. I could see them going out of direction. I, I, I think, like you said, why, why would anyone really want Eric Bledsoe? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's not, he's not that bad. He's not, he's, we're, we're underrating him. He, he averaged like 14, six and six last year. He's a good defender, but he doesn't totally fit their timeline either. He's what? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So he wouldn't be a long-term piece. I'm just saying, you know, NBA, like they're, they might still want to be, have a, you know, whatever for 25 minutes a game, Eric Bledsoe. I, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll just admit my bias is I just don't like him. So I, I shouldn't, people shouldn't listen to me on Eric Bledsoe opinion. Do you want to, should we get into these uh, Nets Harden rumors? Okay, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> this is I, going to, uh, yeah, this is the part of the podcast that can go completely off the rails, but then don't worry. We'll bring it back on the rails for the Suns Thunder trade at the end here. Yeah. I mean, look, I definitely, and don't underrate that that Covington deal. I like that for the Blazers, and I also like it for the Rockets. You know, they they got two first round picks out of Covington, so um, definitely a good move. But that leads me to believe that Harden is on his way out. Um, all like it's I a thought, it's a fire sale in in Houston. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a fire sale. It it will be eventually. I think they are going to try to play hardball with James. Um, for now, um, obviously just an epic, uh, Woj bomb with that, get me to Brooklyn, um, you know, tweet. Um, but look, I mean, it, it's very, very fascinating what's going on. I mean, has two years left on his deal and is essentially, it seems like, you know, just saying I want out and I, I won't, I won't, I, I don't want to be here. Um, but what do you think of the potential fit with, uh, with Harden on the nets? Because, I'm very before we talk about that Sorry. I feel like what superstar hasn't been able to push their way out of a de- uh, out of a situation I feel like it took uh Anthony Davis a, a year longer than he wanted to push his way out of the Pelicans but I feel like every this is such a superstar driven league if he's unhappy he's gonna push his way out yeah I totally agree I think I think that there's this emerging discussion of like, look, uh, you know, players are too empowered. Like they need a, the NBA needs to c- curtail this. Look, the game is the game. Like it's, it's entertaining like this, you know, as fans, like this is just how it's going. You know, there's nothing we can do about it at, the, at this point. I think the game is the game. Like front offices need to adapt, but look, I, I don't, I agree with you. I think players get out, but also it usually works out for the team trading because what they're also superstars are doing now is they're, applying pressure to the other team like if you look at Kawhi, he you know basically extracted from the clippers all that draft compensation saying if you want me to come here you have to go get paul george Mm -hmm. and lebron said to the lakers you have to go get ad like 
I came here. You have to go get AD. And AD said, I only want to go to the Lakers. So it work it, it works out for the other team for that team too now. Mm-hmm. That's why I think what's really fascinating here, in in my personal opinion, this is not reported. I think that that, that Woj article, that leak came just as much from Kyrie and KD as it did from Harden. Because I, like definitely, right? Because I, I think I think they're squaring up with the Brooklyn front office saying, go get this guy and, and Harden. And so if you're the Rockets, you could be patient because who's really, who really is going to apply pressure here is Kyrie and KD saying in Brooklyn, we won't be happy if you don't get him because while the Rockets can kind of sit tight and wait this out, they don't have to do anything. Brooklyn is on the clock now. Um, so I think a lot of the leverage that's actually with this trade deal is, is coming in Brooklyn's front office. So when the player like when the player makes the trade request, the team isn't getting fucked because there's actually more pressure on the other team, which is usually a win now contender who has to go get this guy to keep their superstar happy. So yeah. It's like a train re- chain reaction. Absolutely. I, I think that the Rockets can get uh, a haul obviously for him and what they get like Karis Levert, Spencer Dimwitty, a bunch of picks. I mean, yeah, all the picks <laughs> like the Rockets could just say like, and all the picks i mean i think they can pretty much request anything they want and they can have like a nice little young team to rebuild around what's the and before and before we totally move to the the nets what do they do with westbrook is he left alone on this team with these young players yeah i mean that's that's the that's the very interesting part about this this fire sale concept is it's going to be really hard to move westbrook um, so like, I feel like there is a small, there's a decent chance that they, they already traded Covington. If they trade hard and they trade PJ Tucker and then it's just Westbrook sitting there with like a young team around him. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be really tough to move him. I thought that, and this was before the Harden stuff came out, but Bill Simmons had an interesting theory about trading Westbrook to the Pistons. And then at least the Pistons can tell their fans like look we have two superstars in Blake Griffin and Westbrook you know that because they've had a lot of trouble with keeping their fans selling tickets I don't I I feel like NBA fans aren't that dumb anymore I I, I that that I feel like that's like an I feel like that's an outdated idea like and I, I want to talk about this when as it comes as it pertains to James Harden with the Nets too but like I feel like no one will be do like I don't think Hornets fans want to like give up a pick for James for for Russell Westbrook to make them relevant, you know. As a gambler, what do you do with Houston right now? I I mean I, I don't think it's worth trying to get on either side of this. I think because they could keep Harden, but then if maybe they keep him, but he like refuses to play. Um, it's just way too many variables. I I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I haven't actually looked. I mean, if, if their win total is still really high, maybe you just go under because it seems like it's going to be a bad situation or at least not. They're not going to be a playoff team. I mean, so that might be a good idea. Um, if you can find uh, if you can find a book that hasn't moved their win total. Definitely hit the under. Have you ever thought of starting your own sportsbook but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com. That's aceperhead.com. That's aceperhead.com. 
So let's get to it. Brooklyn. Let's assume that Harden goes there and they lose Levert, Dimwitty. Maybe they are able to keep Allen, uh, but they lose like a lot of draft picks. What do you think about that team? I think, I think it would be absolutely incredible. I, I think they would be a fucking juggernaut. Um, that comes with Kyrie and Harden wanting the I, much. Like, look, and I, and I, I just tweeted this right before we got in the pod. And I think it's such like a hot button issue. So I'm glad I, I are, are, are we on opposite sides of this? Are you bearish on them? Uh, I, I, I don't think that I have like, I mean, I, I've been saying that I don't want to get excited about even before the Harden stuff. I, I've been a non-believer in, in totally jumping into the nets until we see how that ego situation plays out. And now you're adding one of the biggest egos in the league to two already huge egos. I think it could explode or it could be amazing. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 Kyrie and Harden are both going to have to play completely different than they have been. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that, but I think like what people are missing is like, I think they know that, like, I don't think they're going into this situation being like, Oh yeah. Like I'm going to like, I think they all know that if they wanted to get together, they would have to make sacrifices. And it seems like they want, they're working, they're working out to get, you might be giving, you might be giving, the players too much credit like i don't think they're i don't think they're dumb chris paul was a better fit for james harden than russell westbrook was and harden still made sure to push chris paul out of there and get westbrook in there because he was his buddy and sometimes i think they i mean they buddies i I don't know i mean when when russell westbrook was healthy they were in they i thought they were a bona fide championship contender last year i didn't think the westbrook experience went that badly uh once they went small so it went that badly. I still think the the Paul team was better. Yeah, the Paul team was better. I mean that that's not. The, I mean I, I just think these guys are all really smart. They have Steve Nash, like, and I think Steve Nash. Like I think uh, that's another discussion we should have after this. But like they, I think everyone knows there's only one ball. I like I think people are that's like the people are jumping to that conclusion. Like oh how will they play together? I think they know that. I think. You know, and I just tweeted this out before before we got on the podcast. It's absolutely fascinating to me. People are so low on the possibility of, of this of this big three getting together. Like, the, I genuinely did not see a single person who, if this were ten years ago, we we would be this team would be on the cover of Sports Illustrated saying best offense ever? Question mark mm-hmm. Like the way the way we saw the game ten years ago, and we have moved so far in the opposite direction that there are only a few people out there who are like, yeah, this is going to be a, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, pairing three of flat out the greatest offensive players, you know, in, in my lifetime. Um, and yes, like they're going to have to learn to play together, but they're all, they all have a high basketball IQ, I think. And, and I think, I think they would figure it out. I, I, I think the most likely outcome by a lot is that they, is that it would work. Like, I think there is the there. And I, I think like, where we should be is like everyone should be loving this move and then there's like a few people on the island who are like yeah like they might not fit great but it's actually the opposite where everyone thinks it's gonna it would fail because of the the theoretical fit issues i think like i mean the concept yeah, go ahead for me it's it's not it's not one no, no i'm not I, I think you're very you're very balanced on it. i think you see you see both sides 
yeah, I see both sides. And I don't think, I think it's the people who think it's going to implode completely. I think that's wrong. And the people I think that the thing is going to be a home run. I also think that's wrong, at least the first year. Uh, I, Durant, I have every confidence in Durant to make it, to make the right basketball decision and make it fit. We saw that with the Warriors. I think that Harden is the same. I, I do think that Harden understands and, and will make it work and can change his play to fit that. The person I'm, I'd be most, I most question is Kyrie. When, what was the last good basketball decision Kyrie made? I mean, he blew up those Celtics teams and then he was a, he, they couldn't even have him on the court for those, the Nets last season. I mean, maybe the first Celtics season he was good. When was the last time he was really Kyrie? No, you're totally, he's totally the, obviously the most volatile option, uh, the most volatile of the three. And I think obviously his mood swings could be, and there's no doubt the, it'll be a very, very difficult job for Steve Nash in his first year to try to manage those. Per- if, if this happens, try to manage those personalities. I think what would, but would be the most likely outcome is like you said, I think Durant would be like, okay, I'm coming off this injury and I know that to make this work, someone has to be Chris Bosch and I'll be that at first. Like I think Durant would be willing to be the, the most mature one and like say, I'm willing to deny the ball in my hands as much. I'll just spot up. But then I could see as I could see as the year goes along, KD's like, okay, well, I'm better than Kyrie. Like, why am I in the Chris Bosch role um, being, you know, the third man out of the big three? So, of course, the personalities are potentially, uh, you know, volatile. Um, and I, I think we, we, we've come to the right answer, which is that, like, it'll probably work, but there's also a lot of downside. Um, and right yeah. now, when you say, like, most people are down on this, I think it's most people on NBA Twitter. It's like the and, yeah, NBA Twitter is down on it. It's mostly the hardcore basketball nerds. I think the average fan, if this does happen and makes huge headlines, they're all going to be they're going to all be all in. And I think a lot of bets are going to come in on the side of the Nets. Uh, the public's going to bet them heavily. I would take the other side. You know. I, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, I think you could tell I'm going to be really high on the Nets. I, I, I am high on them. And if they do get the, they do get hard and I'll be even higher on them. Um, I mean, I think I, I wrote this on the, on the, on the dock, like 10 years ago, <laughs> this Nets team would be all that. And this Bucks team would be like a cute, maybe like a playoff contender. And now like, we're, like you said, NBA Twitter, like, these analytic basketball nerds, like the Bucks, are like this elite team, and they're like, yeah, the Nets are gonna fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fine. Mean, that's that's obviously a polarized um, view of it, but it's very it's very interesting. And look for Steve Nash. Um, I mean, I, I, I if I'm them, I kind of regret that hire. If this if the pressure is that high to win a title in year one, with like that's that's very very risky. But if this does happen, I think. Wait, who you who regrets that hire? The Nets. Why is that? Like, I, I would have much preferred uh, someone. I would have preferred someone who you're certain will give you like at least the league average. Uh, I, 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 there's just so many unknowns with Steve Nash. Like, I, I would much rather have Tyron Lue, for instance, um, and just be like, 
okay, like I know I'm just getting, I know what I'm getting. But I think with, and I, I also think, I think Steve Nash has an offensive vision, like for this team and how they're going to play. Um, I think Steve Nash has a much higher ceiling as a coach than like a Ty Lue. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I'm, and I'm not, I, I, I think that was a little strong wording. I don't think they regret the hire because I think obviously if KD and Kyrie wanted, wanted you had no choice. Um, but I, th- I do feel like whatever vision that, that the coaching staff has for this team, you really have to throw that out. And the way that they're, they're going to play is whatever works to get these guys to work and play together. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I think how, th- how they play will be entirely a organic discovery of an, of an equilibrium that somehow fits for all three of them together. I don't think you're going to be able to impart like, okay, James, like you get in the corner now you're popping off this screen. And like, I really think if, if they, if you have to just roll the ball out and say like, you guys have to figure this out yourselves. And then once you figure it out, that's the way we're going to play. So I do feel kind of, kind of feel bad for Steve Nash in that way, because I, I don't think these guys, these guys are all such veterans that, that, that they, they want to play together. They know how they're, how they can play. Like you're not imparting a vision on this team and like, getting them to, you know, like run some modern like spacing and, and motion offense. Yeah. I mean, I get your, I get it from that perspective, but. It's a lot on his plate. It's a lot on his plate for year one. On his plate, but I feel like Nash as a player had to deal with some volatile players, some superstar egos, and he did a pretty good job as a point guard. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm, again, there's a lot of factors up in the air. If Harden does end up going there, my early money will be on fading them. But I'm could be wrong. I I, I don't know. I, I, by the time this comes out, five things can change. So we might. <laughs> yes, but thing as we if, move on. If he goes there, it'll be absolutely fucking nuts. That's the last thing I'll say. But you take the lead on this CP3 to Phoenix deal because it's a big step up to potentially being the five seed in the West. okay so i mean my phone has been blowing up for the last when did this i don't even know what day it is this happened yesterday right um my my phone's been blowing up for the last 24 hours i i'm putting on my i I, i'll admit my homer hat is on a little bit but i absolutely love this trade for the Suns. And I think it is a decent trade for the Thunder too. I, I feel like let's quickly let's look at it from the Thunder side. They knew that they wanted to go young. They knew they weren't going to have Chris Paul on their team again this next season. They wanted to focus on young talent. So they got a pretty good haul back for a second team all NBA point guard they got ricky rubio who's a, a has shown that he is a starting level point guard uh kelly Oubre showed a lot of improvement last year on the suns he's still young he can still be a really good piece um I, he has a long way to go i think coaching is a big thing for him because he's a little bit of a head case but we'll see how that goes ty jerome i know a lot of people who were Big college basketball fans love him. I never saw the big potential there. I feel like he's a totally replaceable point guard. 
but that's a fine piece to throw in. And then I got a G leaguer, Jay and Leck, who I learned calls himself baby Westbrook, which makes me hate him even more. I didn't even know who he was, but he was playing on the G league team and they got a 2022 first round pick. Um, gut reaction. How does that haul sound for Chris Paul to you? I think it's nice. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, I like, like this deal on both sides. Um, I mean, I, it's a little bit underwhelming maybe because I feel like the people really thought Chris Paul was like the second best point guard in the NBA this year. Um, at, 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 at this moment, it might be a little underwhelming, but also like if you think about a year ago, if you would have told the Thunder, okay, you're going to turn West, I mean, you're going to turn CP3 into assets, into more assets than you already got for Westbrook. Uh, that's a complete win for their organization. So you yeah. get, you get Kelly Oubre, uh, maybe Oubre and Rubio could be used for, to get more future assets. Uh, you get that first round pick, you know, Ty Jerome didn't show much in year one. He had some injuries, but you know, obviously a fir- an, another first round talent, you could try to develop him. They brought up their assistant coach who has a history in the G league. So they clearly have a player development focus. So I think this package works out really nicely for them. And they even have the option, like if they want to try to compete still, you know, you have Ricky Rubio, you have Danny Green, uh, obviously you still have Shy there, you still have Lou Dort there, you still have Steven Adams there. So um, I like it for the Thunder. Um, and I, I like it even more for the Suns. I mean, yeah, just you, you get a elite point guard to sort of shepherd this young team forward into their next generation as they try to rise up the West. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that there's no other way to look at it than a a positive for the Suns. I mean, you took, you took three quarters and turned it into a dollar for me. Like he is, he showed that he can still play at a very high level and he can play with younger players and develop them. Okay. One, two, the Suns had to make a huge swing just for the same reason that the Bucks had to make a huge swing, the Suns had to make a huge swing to keep Booker there. Like, if if the Suns languished in mediocrity again next season, Booker would have would definitely push his way out. Who knows? He still might push his way out. But at least this gives them a great chance of making the playoffs, making a big splash in the playoffs. And they got rid of. I don't. They didn't want to play Uber anymore. I don't think they wanted to pay Ricky Rubio's contract. So that freed up some money there to get a star like Chris Paul. And it freed up a lot of wing minutes for the young star, uh, you know, their young up and comers like Bridges and Cam Johnson. And we're not even, we haven't even touched on the fact that this is going to be huge for the development of DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton could go completely nuclear with a, point guard like chris paul running the show you know yeah and i think i think what's also so nice is that because of chris paul's ability to shoot um and his experience playing with another ball dominant guard and shake Gildas and schroeder last year you're not really worried about taking the ball out of Devin booker's hands too much here you know this this this, this is a step forward for everybody on their roster i think it's like there's nobody on the suns who you're really concerned with like Oh, will they fit? Like he's just Chris Paul is a great fit with all the with every the rest of their starting lineup. You still have the opportunity to put the ball in Devin Booker's hands, but like you said, if not, you have a fantastic pick and roll game with Aiton and CP3 
mm-hmm. you know, surrounded by shooters. If you have Booker, Johnson, and Bridges uh, around the arc, I mean, that, that's pretty unstoppable right there um, as just a base offensive play with obviously the point God um, running that pick and roll. So, yeah. you know, I think – go ahead. And I think Monty Williams showed last year that he can get Devin Booker to play less like a ball-dominant star and give up the ball more for the better of the team. And he, he – Booker's game overall, totally more efficient all last season. If he's willing to do that with Ricky Rubio, he's going to be even more willing to do that with a star like Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. And I think – all, all reporting indicates that he was on board with this. He wanted this trade to happen. Him and CP3 wanted to play together. So um, just like I think it's a great move for the Suns. I mean, I don't think – I don't even think they think that it makes them a championship contender. I don't think anyone's really deluded that that's the case. But they're definitely um, looking like a playoff team. I think, I think they're a championship contender. Uh. <laughs> uh no you're right they're not a championship contender but they're gonna be good they're gonna be they're gonna be really good they have a chance to be really good it i think it extends their timeline with booker like if they're able to make the playoffs this year and make a little noise if they're able to be if they're able to take that bubble sun's energy add chris paul i I don't know I, i think that they can really make some noise in the west and at that point why would booker leave i mean he his his under contract for more the sense can pay him more than other teams so i totally i like i I like the idea of it all around so um any haters on there for this son's move you're 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 wrong (laughs) yeah and and look i think like i mean what the 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 reality is if as long as chris paul stays healthy they're probably going to be you know at least okay for the next for the next couple of years at probably pretty good but you're still a young team and like but maybe by the time cp3 is off his current contract you have you know devin booker and deandre Ayton as bona fide superstars in the middle of their prime and then you get another point guard to sort of take the next step um but i think it allows you to keep developing but also start to win a little bit right and they still they have their draft pick now and there's a lot Tomorrow of night 10th pick big what- pick Tomorrow night, the 10th pick is a really big asset for them. Yeah, that's a really big. So there's a lot of good point guards in this draft. I mean, not like, again, I feel like this draft is deep with point guards. Maybe not the level of talent you would like, but they could get a Killian Hayes, you know? I mean, no no telling what point guard might fall to them, and and that point guard could really learn a ton as the backup to Chris Paul. That's such a good point. I hadn't even thought about it. And you, yeah, if you get you get a Killian Hayes or a Kira Lewis, who are thought to be really high upside point guards, mm-hmm. and you get them in to learn behind the point guard, um, could be a really, really good situation. That, that that could be a great situation. What do you think about their win total moving uh, up five games? Oh, no, three games. It went from three games, yeah. A half to 38 and a half. Um, I like it. I, I think that sounds about right. Um, I still haven't totally adjusted my mindset to the 72 game. Uh, it's out of 72. Um, but look, I think, yeah, Chris Paul probably worth about three games. I mean, he's probably going to miss some time. Most likely. I think you have to expect that he will, he will not play every game this season. Um, but that's the, that, that's the nature of the beast. And look, they they had Devin Booker. They're, they're good enough to survive. Um, 
you know, some, some injuries. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we've been going for a while. I feel like <laughs> that was epic. <laughs> that, was long, that was a long podcast. Is, uh, is there anything else you want to throw in? No. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely available to do something tomorrow night after the draft or later this week. So yep. um, we'll be able to get back, but this was awesome. Yep, definitely. Uh, follow Zach at NBA Zach B. Follow me at the Ryan McKee. We'll be tweeting what we're doing around the draft. Make sure to check out sportsgamblingpodcast.com for all our draft coverage. Join our Slack channel at sg.pn slash Slack. Uh, that's where you want to be definitely for the NBA stuff if you want all the up to the minute stuff we're doing and all the news breaks and uh, any gambling advice, not just from Zach and I, but we've got a ton of smart guys on there who have a lot of great picks. So um, yeah, uh, we'll be back soon. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna go It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.